mind can be touched to become crystal clear as you worship God in the heavenlies. Decisions that seem to be too difficult all of a sudden come into focus because God just drops the answer. As you climb the mountain of worship and worship God. That's what I pray and trust that we can continue to do. I'm standing there worshiping God and enjoying you worshiping God. I'm thinking, Lord, do I have the wrong message? They seem to already be entering in and worshiping you. But I, I believe that it was just the priming of the pump. We're going to present ourselves to the Lord like we do once in a while tonight. And I hope we can get lost in the heavens and just worshiping God. Have a few songs picked out that maybe help us create that atmosphere of praise and glory and honor. We want to look at a character in the Word of God. Unbelievable woman of God. Unbelievable humble woman of God. I was praying this week and again even last Saturday night praying God I want to be and I want you to send me worshipers, not singers, worshipers, true worshipers of Almighty God. Not saying that we're just a church full of singers, not saying that at all. I'm telling you, there's just a realm of worship that we once in a while climb up to. Remember, wasn't it Elijah that kept pressing on into God and somebody was tagging along, Elisha, I think, and every, every place that Elijah stopped, every elevation, every walk up this mountain, sort of say, and he would look at Elisha and say, now, you stay here, I'm going on. Remember Elisha's reply? <laughs> As the Lord died, God liveth. Well, you go, I'm going. And that's what we want to do today. Not stop on some level. Mark chapter 14, verse 3. Maybe we'll get through it all, maybe we won't. Maybe some of this will be a confirmation. Maybe to some of us it'll be a reminder, meaning, oh man, that's right. Maybe for some of us it'll be an eye-opener. Really? I didn't know, didn't know that, didn't understand that. This lady starts off in being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. As he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. This box was not a little cap that you could put back on. Once it was broken, it would pour out. Like maybe a ceramic bottle with a very thin neck, they think, and you have to actually break it, and then it would pour. She poured it all over the Lord's head. Very precious, very expensive. And we're going to look into this one. 
see how we can relate it to our worshiping and our breaking our heart. You know, normally when we break things, we throw them away. I have a little clock up here. It helps me to pay attention. If it was broken. I toss it. But there's one thing that needs to remain broken. It tries to put itself back together. That which needs to remain broken in us is our hearts. Our hearts. When your heart starts to crystallize, solid, and stick back together, that's a bad sign. It needs to be broken again in the hands of God. So here we have this lady as the Lord is at some supper in some guy's house, and in she comes with this unbelievable, expensive ointment, breaks the bottle and pours it on his head, which is an absolute type of worshiping Almighty God. And then look what verse 4 says, And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this a waste of the ointment made? An absolute waste is what they felt it was. For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. Murmuring has been something going on for years. So we have it here at times, and they had it there. And Jesus, look what Jesus said. Let her alone. You understand we're just saying a song that God... Something about it. it's like you even know our thoughts. They were uh, inside their minds and making these decisions. And Jesus looked at him and said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? Now listen to these next words. She hath wrought a good work. She hath wrought a good work on me. This is a type of worship. A total, reckless the expense doesn't matter. Total giving of worshiping Almighty God. And the immediate reaction to most of us, and a lot of times it's men when it comes to worship. What a waste of time. Just preach the Word of God. Get this music stuff over with. And you're missing. You're missing the love relationship with Almighty God. And that's what happens, and that's why our hearts must be broken at times and times again. For when my heart starts to crystallize and crust and starts to come together, that's when usually I am not at my best. But when I am broken and submissive and humble to God, I'm much more compassionate and caring. And so they broke this bottle and poured it over the head of the Lord as she wept and cried. Luke 7, 44 says, And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon. So the, the woman is becoming a, a prop for what point the Lord is wanting to make. Turned unto the woman, but said to him who thought it was a waste of time. Just like as I already have let you know what's in store. For the tail end of the message, we're going to come and present ourselves before God to worship. I wonder how many that God knows the thoughts already went, oh, man. And so he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I have entered into thy house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. And she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. It's about the time of the year we have 
foot washing service. People want nothing to do with that. Even when we specify, husbands, wash only your wife's feet or your daughter's feet or I might wash Bruce's feet and vice versa how the women should do only the husband even when we specify for reasons that you know why everybody's gone it's hardly anybody ever here and this woman sees these dirty feet of this guy that she understood was the Messiah and she taking her hair and heaving and weeping over these dirty feet as her tears run all over Oh, she had the thought, I'll wipe his feet. And the guy right beside a person weeping and worshiping for him. It's a heart condition. Because on it says, My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Sins become forgiven in acts of worship and love to the sins that will damn your soul. Sins will give you eternal damnation. Become washed away because you are mounted up worshiping God. Wherefore I say unto her, her sins which are many, he goes on, he said, are forgiven. She loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. Now you think of that. You're talking about eternal damnation or eternal salvation from weeping and heaving and worshiping God, wiping his feet clean with her tears. Jesus was saying, what you call a waste, I call worship. What you call a waste, as we try to have the anointing to worship God through music and a time and a dispensation set apart to enter in through praise and worship and songs. Sometimes we call it in a song. God's calling it worship. It's worship. Now listen to this. Jesus said, from the time I entered her house, or his house. You know, I missed this again. When I asked Christ to come into this house, from the time he entered in, God saying, I should be full of praise and worship and thankfulness unto God. If not, your alabaster box needs broken. In fact, you can't worship with a sealed up alabaster box. You can sing, but you can't worship. You can't. So we're talking about as Christ enters in and Paul's great words in 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? This Holy Ghost, from the time he entered in, you should be a worshiper. You should be a worshiper. You see, when our heart crystallizes and it gets hard, you tend to forget how rotten you are. We're rotten. There dwelleth in me no good thing. No good thing. 
only good in me is the good we have invited in. God, come in. From the time he entered in, then you are to start worship and honor and breaking that alabaster box over and over and over. <clears throat> Verse 44, Luke says, Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, listen, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. Has not ceased. If I could do this, I would do this little test and trial, but I can't. I'm not going to kiss Ruth for the whole month of April. Not tell her, not make a joke out of it, just not kiss her. Probably wouldn't make it all the way to the end of April. Eventually, a day or so, might go by, maybe. And Ruth starts to wonder. Maybe just a thought. Jesus said, from the time that she came in, she didn't cease to kiss my feet. Have you ceased? You're used to him. This is why we have to take time to break our hearts and stand before God and and just readily and openly admit, Lord, I think it's me. This world bombards you, you can get callous. Even the church bombards you. People bombard you. Thoughts. Dumb things. And you start to get callous. 46 says, My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with oil. Listen, we forget how to adore our Lord. We forget. A lot of you might know how to win a woman, but we're not too good at keeping. You might drop little notes, a little flower, a bunch of flowers through your getting to know each other. This is her favorite, I don't know, candy bar. You pick it up, put a note on it, set it somewhere. You open your lunch box, there's a note from you. After all that, you are married to him. The Bible says, no, you're not. You are married to Christ. You're married to him. And so this same heart that's in us that can stand by the woman of your dreams. And then you start to take her for granted. What? <laughs> you know I love you. So we end up, sometimes we forget how to adore our Lord. Adore him. Luke 7, 47 says, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Worship is a form, a act of love. Of love. It's an act of love. That's why if a woman's in her right mind, and her husband is not enamored with her, Wanting to hold her, wanting to, after a while, she'll go, what's up with you? And if it's gone on long enough, she's going to want to know, uh, who stole your heart? Worship is a form of love. It's an act of loving God, of surrendering to the Lord. Worship comes from love. That's why the heart is the big thing, this alabaster box. 
needs broken. Not rigid and cold and full of self, but busted and poured out to him who loves you. It's the best thing for you. We don't adore the Lord sometimes like we should because we adore ourselves. Ourselves are more important. Our feelings, what I think, what I want to do, I'm hurt here. <clears throat> See, when you come in to worship God, it shouldn't matter what you're going through. I know we're all guilty of that. You, know, you can almost start you're bouncing up and down this one time, and arms are high, and you're all excited, big smile. You can probably go, they're probably having a good week. They're probably having a good day. Wouldn't it be amazing if you're having maybe the worst day of your life, yet you're still worshiping God, adoring Him, and loving Him? Just because of how much He forgave you. See, our problem is we don't. Well, ah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, we do that. I could probably bring. No, I understand. Probably bring up fifty of you out of the hundred that's here that were worse than me. You could limit and say, "I did this, 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 this." And I'd go, Carol, I didn't. Lenny came up and said, I remember when I did this, 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 this. Brian came up and go, I did dinner. Well, I didn't do that. That's how, that's the slide roll we use. But that's not the slide roll God used. Brian comes up, he's the murderer of Christ. I come up, I'm the murderer of Christ. He died because of my sins were placed upon him. The Bible says that he must increase and I must decrease. Today, tonight, especially us men, unusual for a woman, but maybe you're out there. It's one of them days and you darn well don't feel like it. Whatever it is that goes on through us, well, we need to dismantle our glory tonight. Dismantle our glory. We've got some things kicking around for the Passion Week or the Easter Week, and and I'm in the process of thinking. I'm bouncing off of Ruth, and I go, "Yes, and no, I don't want to." And just this one time for 21 years, I don't think I will. I don't know. Maybe I can. And the thought is, is doing something different that would be awesome, would be good, but take the place of foot wash. And I'd probably get a hearty amen from most of you if you were serious, and the other half will amen because you're not here. But there's, all, there's a part of me that's like, when the flesh goes, foot washing. I think that's good. We got to do it. We got to do it. That's dismantling your glory. Dismantling. Ain't no one touching my face. It's about the stupidest thing I've ever heard in But I did it. The Lord did it. What we think is a waste of time, God calls Worship. Worship. Wouldn't it be cool if we had a hand washing service? It's not too bad, right? We'll just set up the little dispensers that are all in hospitals and it's. Praise God. Hallelujah. Bruce, could you come with me, please? Bruce, put your hands up. And I really love you, Bruce. You're really awesome. There's something about feet that God picked. Oh, it's embarrassing. 
to be humiliated, God's going to that. Absolutely. I probably just talked myself into having it again. But there's something about dismantling your glory which is killing the flesh. Dismantling your glory. You, a man, humble yourself. Maybe before your wife and should be. Half your strength. Get on your hands and knees. Wash your feet. Tell her how much she is. We had a marriage retreat not oh, a number of years ago. One of the first ones we ever did. Made you all stand up, face each other, and redo the vows. Oh my gosh. It would have been easier for me to tell the men to drink Drano. I'm seriously. How can that be? How can this woman, who's married to this guy for all these years, share their entire life together, have babies together, and he can't look at her after 25? Dismantle your stinking glory and humble yourself. So John knew it when he said, "Man, God must increase in our lives." And I must decrease, absolutely decrease, dismantling our glory. We must be box breakers tonight, our heart. <clears throat> when I first came into the walk called Christianity, I worshiped this way. I'm kind of this kind of a dude anyway. Watch my son, he'll do the same thing. Watch Luke, he does the same thing. But I could, I could, I would tell Ruby, I ain't doing that. Because I was filled with too much of my own glory and yet here's what happened as I kept falling in love with God more the hands were starting to come out I wasn't I'm just not that type I'm not a radical dissonant it took a while it took a while but as I fell in love with God and started to understand God God was helping me to start dismantle my glory my ego my pride my manliness and Start to surrender to God. That's what it is. Dismantling your glory before God. That's why Joel tells us, look, rend your heart and not your garments. Rend your heart and not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and mercy, slow to anger and of great kindness, who repenteth him of the evil. We'll do things that, you know, display of emotion or something. God says, look, all that, fine, okay. God says, rend your heart. Not even write out a bigger check. God says, rend your heart in worship. Rend it. Rip it open and worship me. Break that alabaster box that could not be repaired. It couldn't, it's not like these little things, you know, we can just do so much for God. And then the rest is for me. It had to be totally broken and all over the Lord and the senses of what a waste, God said. Let her alone. She has done a wonderful thing. Worshiping God. That's why the word tells us in 1 Corinthians that God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. I believe strongholds can be broken from an act of worship. 
demonic oppression, possession, habits, filthy habits, can be broken as you break and worship God. It says, The base things of this world are things which are despised, hath God chosen. Yea, things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in the presence, in his presence. God has chosen worship. He's chosen it. He's chosen preaching. To do something when words leave the lips of a mere mortal, impact by the Spirit of God, and it'll cause people to rise up and serve Christ and, and worship. God. When flesh receives the glory, it's chaotic. And the presence of God withdraws and departs. Proverbs tells us, it is not good to eat much honey. So for men to search their own glory is not good. It's not good. You can see it, you can sense it, you can feel it, make you want to puke. Especially in the house of God. Eating too much honey will make you sick. Wanting your own glory, your own parking spot, your own name somewhere, your own title. We must dismantle our glory. So as she stood behind his feet weeping and crying, she began to wash his feet with, with her tears. And did wipe them with the hairs of her head. And kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen tells us this. Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? I mean, it still is. If you got long hair, it can't help it. It looks weird. It just does. I grew up in Woodstock era. I look back at it, I look weird. It's just the truth. It just is. But listen to what it says. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. For her hair is given for her for a covering. This woman weeps and cries and starts to dismantle her glory to worship the Lord. His feet, feet, her hair, his feet. Well, when the disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? Waste. Look at that word, waste. Great Psalm chapter 2. Verse 12 says this, kiss the son, lest he be angry. Kiss. From the time I've entered in, check it, stop kissing my feet. You mean you could anger God if you don't worship him? That's it. Kiss the son, lest he be flesh. Stupid. That's not manly. That's not what the Bible says. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. And you perish from the way. You need to get that. You need to have your heart, your alabaster box. <clears throat> We've been lied to as men. Men don't cry. It's a lie. Men shouldn't be emotional. That's a lie. You made the image of God, made the image of his emotions. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry, and you perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Have you kissed the sun today? We've had two worship services. That's what we call it. Did you kiss the sun? 
Or did you sing a song? Look, I'm guilty at times of singing a song. I could be over there thinking, how many want to do this, Lord? Just point that point. And, and, and I could be singing while I'm doing it. I want to be more like Jesus. Instead of just worshiping, kissing the sun, and by faith, trust God, he'll help me when I get here. Kiss the sun, men. Kiss the sun. Let your little ones see that worshiping God and honoring God. Raising hands. Thou givest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. Listen what that means. Kiss. To kiss fondly. I could go up the roof and say, well, give me a kiss, and I just get one of them. Now look at it. What's up with that? When you guys did that marriage thing, I can't remember what it was called, but they were trying to promote marriage, and they were saying, I can't remember what it was. If it was, I don't think it was once a day, maybe once a week. They were saying, kiss your wife for 10 seconds. You remember that? I'm sure Brian could, because Margie's been gone for a couple weeks. For 10 seconds. Nate could. He's just married. He's pumped. Now, if I just took Ruth, she's back there. If I took Ruth up here, see Brian there, and said, Brian, count. It would sound like a, it would feel like a week to you as you stood there watching. You're talking about your wife. 10 stinking seconds. And I love kissing my wife. And we tried it. During that time and all that kind of, you know, to kiss for 10 seconds, it has to be fun. It has to be your intimacy. Married folks, try it. It means to caress. On about second four, I'm caressing you. And I, poor Ruthie, she's going to come out of there. You're going to bombard her. <laughs> Don't miss the point. We're about to kiss the sun. And we're going to do it for 10 seconds and more than 10 seconds. And afterwards, you start to be caressing the Lord. And it also means to kiss again and again and again. And at that point with your wife, you, you can be in a fever pitch. But you love your wife, and God says, that's what I want. We're married. Stop giving God pets. And God's right, and you just, what's up, what's up with that? I want to hold you, I wanted to caress you. I have so much to tell you. I wanted to kiss you over and over. So you think that's the freaky talking about it, but that's what God wants. We have so much glory that needs to be dismantled. Some of you dudes have just wandered in today. You might be going, I this is it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. You'll caress a saw, a hen, a fishing pole, a golf club, a car, but not your God. And he's going, it's what you love. Just like my wife would be saying. It's what you love. I took her. She's been married 41 years. 
Wait, don't you think you should love? I, you should know that you love me, but and Ruth said, "But I love to hear." Wouldn't you think God would even be better at it? He knows my thoughts. Just look at you, God. You know I love you. But the psalmist said, moved upon by the Spirit of God, kiss the Son, caress, be fun, kiss him over and over and over, kiss him for ten seconds, tell him how much you love. We know what prompted all this kissing and anointing for the Lord's feet and head was that she realized how much she was forgiven. And she poured out her thanks through tears and this costly oil unto the angel, the church of Ephesus. I have somewhat against it. He who holds the seven stars and who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know your works. God says, and your labor and your patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Those that play with the word of God and stretch it and bring spotted sheep and, and, and lambs and call them Christ and blemishes and drinking and you can't stand it. I says, I know your works. As you have tried them and said they are apostles and they are not, and has found them liars and has bore them and have had patience and for my name's sake has labored. You have labored and not fainted, church. And then that lousy word, nevertheless, God said, We haven't kissed in a long time. Times my wife was saying, in my hand at all. And maybe in the first, I'll get sheets. Now, sitting at a restaurant, I don't have this, I better do this. I don't. I have this woman who I loved, kissed, caressed for 40 years. And I'll see her hand at you on the table with the ring that I gave. On his pole. How much more to God? Did you see this hand pierced? Don't you want to hold it and caress it and kiss it? God, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, God. If not, your heart gets hard, crystallized, and your love grows cold. And you'll get the nevertheless. I have somewhat against it. This is what he says. Thou hast left your first love. In love for me, God said. And in the very next verse, he says, Remember. Therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent. I fell from not loving and kissing and caressing my God from the time he entered in to worship and to anoint his feet and his head and so you get back to doing it. And you become softened. You apply Start to have a tender relationship again. My beloved's calling me away. My beloved, he says, or else I will come quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Let's stand, please. I have a few songs lined up. Maybe we'll play one, that'll be it. Maybe we'll play all three, I, I don't know. But I even 
felt God gave me the order of them. The order calls this scripture right here. In the first few verses, words in the verses are perfect for now. Because it says, but the hour cometh and now is. Now. Right now. Everyone I look at has an opportunity, their own free will, to dismantle their own glory. You can fake me out because I can fake you out. But we can't fake God out. The hour is coming now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Ruth can tell if my kiss is meaningful or not. She can tell kissing like you mean it. Remember Judas betrayed him with a kiss. So it's not the actual it's the heart. It's the heart. And he goes, when true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now listen, please, unless God opens this up to us, because it says, For the Father seek such to worship and kiss or attack. God seeks those that will worship him tonight. Here, tonight. The music I put on is music you know. Music we've sung, sung to stand, worship God. It's just a tool to create an atmosphere for you and God to talk. For God to let you know he's been waiting a long time for you to hold his hand. You ready, Andrew? Our altar's open. You can come stand before the Lord, worship him, sing to him, honor him, whatever it takes to line up with this message that we've heard.